interesting story. So uh, you got that guy, the governor of New York. Why does his name escape me? The, uh, the Cuomo, fa- right? Family dynasty. Is it Cuomo? Okay. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo, yeah. Yeah, so family dynasty. His dad was governor, and now he's, go- he's governor. Um, and uh, the chick from Sex and the City is running against him. And they a, a hit piece calling her an anti-Semite came out over the weekend. Yeah. The New York Times blasted it. Cuomo says he doesn't know anything about that. Uh, it came from an aide. Uh, they've been disciplined. But the New York Times editorial board said it was low, dirty politics, and there's no way something like that comes out without Cuomo's people knowing about it because Cuomo runs the whole damn state. Mm. He's so big and, 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 and powerful, there's no way it came out. Well, now, as of today, uh, some aides come forward and said, yeah, he, he was involved in it and our campaign was involved in it. So they're getting killed for this. Wow. Because it's really, really the lowest kind of dirty politics. Politics. Wow, and then New York veers further leftward. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I have trouble getting into the policies because it's not my side of the aisle at all. But I like to see dynasties brought down. I just think they're in oh, general sure. a bad. The guy's thing. a crook. Just in general, they're bad for democracy. Family yeah. dynasties. So yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, this is uh, of particular interest to folks who are heading to college, who are helping their kids pay for college, uh, who are among the many millions of people saddled with unimaginable levels of debt from college. And, you know, I'd, certainly I have a personal stock in this because I have a kid in college uh, who's getting a scholarship, thank God, but it's not anywhere near full. But um, I just don't like seeing people ripped off and lied to. It bothers me. And so, you know, whether you have a personal stake in this or not, well, you do because of the uh, indirect economic effect. If you own a home, it is worth less, believe it or not. This is mostly to people not living anywhere near the the west coast of the United States because so many young people are so saddled with debt, they're not buying houses. So it does affect everybody. Anyway, why is college so expensive in America? Is it so expensive in America? A great uh, piece, one of the inevitable, you know, 40,000 words in um, in the Atlantic by Amanda Ripley, who, it's funny, this is kind of a two-headed article. In the one, on the one hand, she's looking at why college is so expensive, including government and personal expenditures. Why is the product so expensive? And then she veers off into why is it more expensive for individuals, which is it's, it's a great policy discussion, but I think you need to make one point or the other. And she starts with a rather an amusing piece from the New York Times in 1875. Gentlemen have to pay for their sons in one year more than they spent themselves in the whole four years of their courses. They lamented. This was in 1875. Decadence was to blame, the writer argued. Fancy student apartments, expensive meals, and the mania for athletic sport. Yeah, I, that's funny. I would say the same thing now. Yeah. That's funny that they, they recognize that as a problem then. Well, yeah, and, and there is some truth to that, but it's not nearly the big kahuna. All told. I'm sure it's not, and I don't want to derail this, but I don't understand how this all got tied up in Passing along knowledge that exists in Western civilization uh, to help you out getting a get a job. There how, is, how did it all get tied together? There's an explanation for that, but it would be a tangent. Okay, uh, it's not a good explanation. I mean, well, why wasn't it resisted? I guess that'd be my question. Yeah. Why more people think? Well, what are we doing this for anyway? All told, including the contributions of individual families and government. In the form of student loans, grants, other assistance, Americans spend about $30,000 per student a year. 
Thirty grand per student a year, nearly twice as much as the average developed country. This is not a well, you know, in Finland, uh, college is free forever. No, this is all expenditures to get you through college, government and private. Nearly twice as much as the average developed country. The U.S. is in a class of its own, says Andrea Schleicher, Schleicher the director for education skills. Blah blah. It's a, at a big think tank. Um, spending per student is exorbitant, and it has virtually no relationship to the value that students could possibly get in exchange. I've intuitively believed that for many, many years. Right. It's as if suddenly Toyotas were $30,000 more than Hondas, and they didn't change a thing, and there's no real difference in value. Only one country spends more per student, and that is Luxembourg, inexplicably. Um... Uh, anyway, that's kind of a, a tangent about uh, coll- uh, about government again. But so uh, the gal wrote this starts like the 19th century writer of yore. I wanted to blame the curdled indulgences, indulgences of campus life, fancy dorms, climbing walls, lazy rivers, dining halls with open pit fire grills. And most of all, college sports, certainly sports deserve blame. At first glance, the new international data provides some support for the narrative U.S. and ranks number one. For spending on student welfare services such as housing, meals, health care, transportation, um, a category of spending that they lump together as ancillary services. Um, all in all, American taxpayers and families spend about $3,400 on these services per student, which is much more than the average in the developed world. But we also have, we also have way more college students who live away from home. That's just an American thing. It's not nearly as big in the rest of the world. You go close to your place, close to your home. You keep living with your parents. Um, there's, but you is, know, in numbers much higher than in the U.S. Does it get into why the dorms have gotten so fancy, though? Uh, yeah, it does eventually. Like they're five-star hotels? Yeah, it's competition, yeah. and we will get to that. Um, so, but that's, you know, that's a fairly small factor. But here we go. On closer inspection, the data suggests a much bigger problem than the fancy room and board. Even if we were to zero out all of these ancillary ancillary services tomorrow, the U.S. would still spend more per college student than any other country except, again, oddly, Luxembourg. It turns out that the vast majority of American college spending goes to routine educational operations, like paying staff and faculty not to dining halls. These costs add up to about $23,000 of the uh, the $32,000. More than twice what Finland, Sweden, Germany spend on core services. Lazy rivers are decadent and unnecessary, but they are not in and of themselves the main culprit, says Kevin Carey, the author of The End of College and the director of an education policy program in America. It's a big think tank again. Um, So, uh, and according to uh, Feldman and uh, who we quoted earlier, Robert Archibald in their 2011 book, What Does College Cost So Much? Um, And they get into some economics that are really interesting, but now that I look at it, kind of a distraction. But... The long and short of it is um, they spend way, way more on administration than anywhere else on Earth. In fact, the United States is the only country on Earth. Let me find the specific numbers uh, in this this short book. Um, It's the only country that spends more on non-classroom personnel than classroom personnel. The only country on Earth. U.S. colleges spend more on non-teaching staff than on teachers, which is upside down compared with every other country on Earth, with, again, the exception of bizarre little Luxembourg that really needs to get its act together. 
Yeah, in George Will's column, which he might have been taken from this same article, I don't know, he talked about the, uh, and they used the University of California system. The population of students grew 33% in the last 20 years. Senior administrators grew 125%. And the ratio of senior managers to professors went from 1 to uh, 2 to 1, um, professors to managers, to uh, near parity. So you have as many administrators as you do professors. Which is bizarre. Yeah. It's insane. It's hard to imagine how that's even possible. How could it? You're approaching or at a one-to-one ratio of administrators to teachers. Everybody has their own administrator? It's crazy. I mean, that's, that's, that's well, it is crazy. Many U.S. colleges, getting back to the Atlantic, uh, employ armies of fundraisers, athletic staff, lawyers, admissions and financial aid officers, diversity and inclusion managers, building operations and maintenance staff, security personnel, transportation workers, food service workers, uh, on and on it goes. Well, listen to this, this one sentence from George Will. The associate vice chancellor and dean of students at the University of California at Berkeley, where the division of equity and inclusion has a staff of 150. Wow, I thought you finished up the title twice before you got to the end of it. <laughs> the Division of Equity and Inclusion has a staff of 150. Whatever that is, as George Will said. In the Bay Area of California, where, where it's, there's like a fever for that sort of thing. And as George you need 150 people to push that in Berkeley, California? And as George Will points out, their goal is to get students to listen with integrity. So he talks about how they've invented their own language that wow. no one else even understands. Yeah. So you need, and you need 150 people in that department, I guess, to explain what that means to each other and then go around the campus to make sure students are listening with integrity. I mean, it's, it's like employing 150 people to try to get students to smoke more pot in Santa Cruz. I mean, it's utterly unnecessary. He said, if you don't understand why they need 150 people in that department, well, then you need to listen with more integrity. Yeah, well, I'll (laughs) I'll do my best. They do get into, in the Atlantic piece, that um, in order to support this incredible bloat and be able to admit uh, students who can't pay for it, there's a feverish hunt on for out of state and and international students because they pull they pay the rack rate mm-hmm. they pay the full kahuna nobody pays this rate that subsidizes everybody else and then since you know colleges are popular everybody likes education their lobbying tends to hit voters in the soft spot you've got a situation where there just isn't enough money available or willingly spent to subsidize this spectacular bloat. So what do you do as a government? You subsidize and and push incredibly unwise, gigantic loans to kids and their parents who can't comprehend what it means to come out of your undergrad experience with fifty, sixty, a hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt. Never mind if you if you want a grad degree and then you have two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt. People make very, very bad decisions. The interesting part is that it's subsidized and pushed by the federal government in a way that's just but that exists to finance the bloat. And it's just, and then it's in, a ripoff. And then internally, I've become more aware of this recently with someone I know who writes letters regularly for uh, kids trying to get into a very, 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 the most competitive program in the world, in one particular program, um, how it has become so insular and it's grown now to the place that you can't, it can't be controlled with the the emphasis on which school you go to, which only really exists 
among the academics and then the other people who went there. Right. But then you get eventually enough of those people out into the world or you're going to go into academics. So it matters in the academic world, not out here in the real world where the rest of us live. Right. None of us think about where you went to college at all. Right. But in the academic world, it all matters to them greatly. So they, they build this weird competitive thing that's only within. It's like a video game or something. It's only in this tiny little world that mm-hmm. they're that they're living this. Which reminds me of, and it's it's and it's just it's it's grown and grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. And with all these different administrators, so all those administrators, it matters to them a lot whether they're at the number fifteen university or the number twenty five university on whatever list comes out at the ever every year. Which brings us to another point that the Atlantic piece made, and that is that those rankings, which are so, they're universally known as stupid and damaging. And universally followed with just great care and right. interest. It's uh, it's one of the few things I've ever run into in my life that are that are so widely hated and so widely adhered to. But the universities they know their rankings are disproportionately affected by their heavyweight faculty, and the heavyweight faculty is based almost entirely on research and accolades that have zero to do with the classroom experience. So they spend like lunatics on getting these uh, faculty and these uh, accolades, and that jacks up the price further and then subsidized by loans, blah, 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 that has nothing to do with the academic experience the poor son-of-a-bitch kids are are paying for. Right, who see that particular professor once a year or whatever. Right. Yeah, if at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, you that's know, interesting, and I, it, it, it's it's built upon itself to the point now, I don't know if it can be stopped. I was so grateful that the book, Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be, came out, and we can probably take a break now, right? Let's take a break. Um, the book, Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be, came out just as my big kids were starting to head for college, and and I read a, a thingamajigger that had uh, 10 universities that are all about the classroom experience and get that right. It was a ranking based on what oh, you're going to get. That's what you need to look at. And, and my, my two big kids ended up in a couple of really good places uh, oh, by awesome. that standard. Yeah, yeah. I need a, I, I'll only go somewhere it has at least 150 people in the Division of Equity and Inclusion that are teaching me to listen with integrity. Wow, that is so crazy. <laughs> Is that, how's that even real? Anywhere. Has there been an example in all of uh, biological history of a, a beast that has gone crazy as an entire species? The entire species of ancient horses went crazy 5,000 years ago and ran straight off a cliff. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't you ever Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Runs 60 Minutes is out now. I guess Marshall's going to have that in his news, but for a, for a hashtag Me Too sort of deal. Yeah, hmm. was a story that was unfolded to me in layers, and each layer brought me in a completely different direction in terms of what to think. Rough times for CBS. With Les Moonves out, and now they're their most successful property. That guy out. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a thrump-free Thursday, if you're just tuning in. Going to try that. Going to try to pull news that came on last night, my favorite news show. I flip it on. They started with the, with the he said this, and here's the reaction. Dujour, and I yelled at my TV, startling my wife. I, think I he, can't take this. I think yelling at your television is a sign of something. Oh, I guarantee it is. Yeah. Tired ass syndrome. It's, a, it's an appliance. <laughs> means you're paying attention to what's going on. <laughs> the modern world has made my gluteus tired. <laughs> I've yelled at televisions. I've yelled at my car. I think I've yelled at my refrigerator. I know I've yelled at the stove <laughs> because it uh, starts beeping all the time and we can't get it to stop. Uh, I will occasionally, for humorous purposes, yell at a golf ball. <laughs> I would like a long list of inanimate objects I've yelled at in my life. <laughs> or how many? It might be 20 deep. How about inanimate objects you've struck? That'd be a good list. Yes. I actually assaulted. I hit the stove really hard the other day to try to get it to stop beeping. My kids were so amused by that. <laughs> wow. Tried to beat it into submission. Well, it's super old. And, it, and sometimes it just starts being beep, beep, beep. And it'll make you crazy. It makes the whole family crazy. Oh, man. And you can't get it to stop. Really? Yeah. Oy vey. Well, okay. I can see it. And it's built, Take a hammer to it. And it's built in in such a way that I can't get to, 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 the, to the back of it oh. anywhere unless I was going to, like, take down a wall. Oh. Um, so, so I went to beating on it with this big wooden spoon trying to get it to stop beeping, which my kids thought was hilarious. You know, I both salute <laughs> and curse contractors who can get a built-in stove in to a space that is so perfectly cut there's absolutely no room i salute you and i curse you i uh, judy and i when we were with my uh, folks uh, we fixed their stove because it was out of level um and uh, and we got the thing out and then we could not get it back in oh. and i thought there are laws of physics here it's only it's got a width Did you, it was in there so are you yelling at the space or the stove here uh, the universe the universe <laughs> okay that's a good one too well i just how can it not it's look all right i'll try and it's just you know and we finally got it in all we could figure was that something shifted a little in the trim or something. i've struck a television. so i broke it to get it out of the way <laughs> that works it's down low nobody will ever see it i've struck a television before i've hit a television back in the day when you had like ears to pick up the signal and it's not working or whatever it's on the fritz sometimes that actually worked though oh yeah sometimes that actually helped the picture come in better oh yeah knock it, it back it, into place yeah it, well it jiggled <laughs> jiggle the tubes a little bit but I've hit things that it, it's, 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 it's certain it would not going to help anything, which is uh, hard to explain. Final category, things you've thrown. <laughs> that would be very long for me. I'm a bit of a chucker. I did throw the vacuum cleaner once. I remember That's when impressive. producer Scott made a particularly inappropriate joke at a terrible, terrible moment. And uh, a coffee mug flew across the room and smashed against the wall. That was one of my few at work chuckings. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't know if I've ever done that. Oh, what's coming up in your news? Oh, it's Marshall? very satisfying. You should. I'm sure it is. Rolling around in the mud, a political dynasty in danger. We're going to get into that. Young adults getting injected with fillers to fight tech neck. Huh. And <laughs> no, they're not. And an accusers produce a video of Harvey Weinstein taking a meeting. Come on, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Texts from people about things they've yelled at, hit, or, or thrown. Yes. As we confessed our sins. Or they're not sins. I'm perfect. Uh, there are a few instances that I regret. 
that I feel like, you know, I lost my temper. I shouldn't do that. There are many where I'm perfectly happy that I chucked that freaking worthless vacuum cleaner <laughs> that I spent $600 on. Piece of crap. Here's somebody. I once smashed... <laughs> I once smashed a one-hour-old, brand-new weed whacker to smithereens because the tap-to-feed line feature worked about as well as the vibrating electronic football game that I had as a kid. Wow. 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 That's an expensive smashing. You, you yeah. know what you always regret? is is, And it's a guy thing. Wall punchings. Or door punchings, or I've never done that, inanimate no. object punchings. It just never got, ends well. I know I've got frail, delicate features, so <laughs> you I are very delicate. I, I've known a number of people, including people I really like, who have walked around with a cast on their hands from yeah. punching a wall or a door, usually over a woman. And to punch the wall, definitely. And in a related story, Mark in San Diego nominates for the Toy Hall of Shame the Game Mouse Trap. Oh, which never gosh. functioned anywhere near the way it did on the commercials. Yeah, Joining see, the vibrating football game. I feel like that wasn't... They knew it wasn't a game, but they were just trying to create some sort of Rube Goldberg machine to keep kids occupied while they were trying to set it up for Bastards, extended periods lion, of time. Bastards. So mom and dad could, you know, make a little love. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get him a brother. <laughs> Let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. All right, launching into a Trump-free newscast, New York's gubernatorial primary now underway. The outcome could resonate around the country. Democrats picking the winner of a long and sometimes really nasty primary contest between Governor Andrew Cuomo and activist and former Sex in the City star Cynthia Nixon. Now, speaking of nasty, new controversy prompted by a mailer sent by the New York Democratic Party that misrepresented Nixon's views on Israel and accused her of ignoring anti-Semitism. Governor Cuomo denying knowing anything about the false attack on his opponent, calling it inappropriate and a mistake. The York, and as I mentioned, the New York Times called it out over the weekend yep. as just the worst kind of politics and saying that he had to know. Nothing happens in this state politically without the Cuomo people knowing. And the Times, Which is a heck of a thing for the New York Times to say. Right? Yeah. The Times reporting the flyer was drafted and approved by two women with close ties to Cuomo. While they were uh, while they were dissing Nixon, the flyer went on to mention the governor's many accomplishments and Jewish causes. Last night, on the eve of the election, Andrew Cuomo is reported to be avoiding the media, failing to alert the press to various events. And now, of course, today the voting is underway. Yeah. A bit of perspective, if you don't spend much time in the East, there are many, many Jewish people in New York. Yes. Back to you. Yeah, that's that. That's something, man. Politics is an ugly, ugly game. So this isn't a prediction because I have no idea. Well, I have some idea uh, how likely it is. But so Cynthia Nixon beats the just clear mobbed up crook Cuomo, and uh, pretty pretty Gavin Newsom, who is only narrowly ahead at this point, beats John Cox as the governor of California, and both of those states veer leftward. It's actually a pretty likely outcome. What that yields three, five, ten years down the line could be really, really interesting. Because the stuff Gavin is promising is completely undeliverable. If he even tries, it right. will ruin. It will yep. bring on the ruination of the largest state in the union. And Cynthia Nixon is way left. Whether she'll be constrained by reality remains to be seen. But well, you have both of those uh, states just you know crash into the guardrail on the left. Hmm. I wonder. We'll have to see. Turns out, God willing, if we live that long, we will see. 
Turns out more and more young adults hoping to avoid tech neck are getting filler injected into their necks. Tech neck, which is, I'm sure you'll tell us, caused by staring at your phone all day. These are lines making young people's necks look older than their years. The position we hold Sean, our necks... Sean is standing there yep. looking down at his phone. It's this position here. Yeah, and, he's already got tech neck. Oh, you can yeah. see it. I, I do not. You have, you have tech neck. Those are the lines around yes. your, your throat that start showing up usually later in life, but are, are showing up earlier and earlier. Oh, so this... People. Okay, I didn't understand yeah. what you're saying. So this isn't the damage to the spine stuff that no. they warned us about last year. This is just... Wrinkles. Wrinkles. This, this is just a cosmetic uh, vanity thing. Right, right. A lot of people don't want to get tech neck early on in their lives. I wonder how much more I have my head in this position than I used to pre-smartphone? I don't know. Well, I've always been deeply ashamed of myself, so I walk around with right. my head down a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I stare at the ground. I, I walk like Charlie Brown right. <laughs> everywhere I go anyway. Well, I say the procedure to, takes no more than 10 minutes. You can expect a little bruising and swelling to follow. Oh, that's, that's what's that for a little tech neck erasure? Yeah. But my uh, six-year-old got a big new Lego project he's been working on nonstop, and he said the other day his neck was starting to hurt from being bent over his Lego. Wow. So if a six-year-old's neck can hurt from being in that position that long, certainly affecting the rest of us staring at our phones all day long, right. I would think. Mm. My neck has hurt a lot lately, and I've been trying to figure out why. Maybe it is my smartphone. Could Didn't somebody well say that the, the, the answer is to hold it up in front of you yep. so you yep. keep no, your... Exactly. Yep. Maybe I'll try to do that. There ought to be a hands-free device for people. It just rests on your chest and, and you know, it extend up and your phone would be right in front of you. Boy, that's clearly a good idea. Or you could just use a selfie stick and hold it up there to look at, you know, yeah. look at your phone. You, you, you got to patent that right away. So it's like a Done. selfie stick, but yeah. it's got two of them, rests right. on your chest, holds it right in front of you, like right here. And I can still see in front of me, walk around, not run into buildings. But it's right here. That's a great idea. Mm, fabulous. People walking around looking like they've had severe neck injuries. <laughs> One of Harvey Weinstein's accusers is sharing a video of the disgraced movie mogul supposedly propositioning her for, for sex on the same day he allegedly raped her. I watched that video. Knowing the outcome, it's pretty creepy to watch. It's creepy, I think, yeah. even if the outcome were different. Yeah, the accuser, Melissa Thompson, said she recorded it when uh, she met uh, Weinstein in New York back in 2011. She was there to pitch her uh, tech startup company. And instead of shaking her hand when they first met, he hugged her very close. And they sat down, and he almost immediately asked if he could flirt with her. So what was it for, really? Um, we'll see. A little bit. A little bit, not much, right? Okay, then, all right, then I won't. So, um, what do you want? No, it's okay. Later, Tom. Thompson- God, what a... Lizard. Yeah, and his yeah. nonstop lame old lines yeah. that he lays on her throughout this whole thing is just creepy. God, two seconds in, my skin is crawling. Later, Thompson says Harvey started rubbing her arm, then. So then he would put his hand up under the table, up my dress. And you can hear her say. That's a little high. That's a little high. Oh, my God. And her having to put up with it even a little or her putting up with it even a little is sickening. So they had that encounter. And then uh, he says, I want to meet you at the at the lobby of the hotel. And right. She thinks, OK, we're going to finalize the deal. He's going to buy this movie or whatever it is she's pitching. Right. And uh, they meet little. He says, let's come up to the room and finish. And then he rapes her in the room. Oh, yep. my God. Just full on as a giant strong man rapes her. And when was this? Twenty eleven. And 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 I'm just asking, and she didn't immediately call the cops. Apparently. She, she decided to keep it to herself for whatever reason. Yeah, okay. Like uh like so many uh, other uh yeah. Right, right, yeah, I just victims. wanted to know what happened. That's a I'm not tough, suggesting tough, anything. Yeah. Tough decision to make. Right.
a tough decision to make. And, and, and you know, and and she knew more than I know. She, since she is that close to uh, the biz, right. you would know the reputation of this guy and what he's going to do if you call the police. Yep. First of all, your career, forget about that. That's over. Right. Uh, even if he's found guilty, it'll take a long time, and you're not going to be working anywhere until then. So and that's it, a hell of a move. And then he's going to pull out all the stops and whatever amount of money it takes to make you look like a crazy slut with his lawyers and Massad agents. personally and, and professionally. Yeah. 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 Including ex-Massad agents, yeah. And as we found out with the New York Times, he might be tied in with the with the uh, the New York police. He might have contacts in the police and with the prosecutor right. where they overlook it. Because that's the way he got it stopped in New York. For whatever right. reason, the prosecutor decided, nah, we don't have enough here. Crazy. Yeah, so you probably wouldn't call. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That is an evil human being right there. And everybody knew it and played knew it and played along. Similar to the Catholic Church, by the way. I have to tell that story later. There was a um, first-person account from a priest of what it was like to work in one bishop's area. If you wanted to become a priest, just exactly like the whole Harvey Weinstein Hollywood thing. You had to play the game if you wanted to become a priest. Mm. And everybody knew it. But maybe we'll get into that later because it's kind of dark. Yeah, yeah. It's a thrump-free Thursday. I call for an outrage-free half hour. Yeah, Mr. I'd be for that. Mr. Thrump? I'd be all for that. I don't care what he tweeted. I don't care what anybody's saying about it. Not today, I don't. Do I have a couple of more highlights from the Apple products? That it detects when you fall down feature of the watch? Yes. Who saw that coming? Was the nation crying out for that? I keep falling down and I'm not sure. Did I fall? Did I not fall? Exactly. I, I'm prone. I'm on the ground. My elbow hurts, but I'm just not certain if I've had a fall. Oh, my phone says I did. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. I really am. I don't even, what do you even ask on these first dates now? What kind of music do you like? Who cares? <laughs> this is my new first date question. How likely are you to yell at me in public? <laughs> that one's going to come in handy. I don't want to be in that relationship eight months since she's screaming at me in front of strangers. I'm like, it's cool. We both like Chance the Rapper. <laughs> That's that, nice. Those are the questions you should ask. Yeah. yeah, what music do you like? Are you going to yell at me in public? Stand-up comic Sam Morrill. I uh, hadn't heard of him before that, but that is a funny joke. <laughs> That's there's good. A, there's a bunch of examples like that. Yeah. How, how about, uh, you know, in the first meeting for coffee, tell me at length about your parents' relationship with each other and your relationship with both of them. That's a good one right there. Yeah. And, you know, many people rise above, you know, difficult households or childhoods or, or whatever. don't. But you know what to look for. <laughs> you know, if somebody somebody admits, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a kleptomaniac, well, then you know to look out for stuff disappearing. It, just my observation, most people become their parents, and for some people, that's great. I want to become my parents, and for some people, that's horrifying. Sure. And, 
Um, and I think we're designed that way as beasts, because if we're still alive, we were raised in such a way as to keep a beast alive. An interesting note. So our anthropology is telling us that worked. Well said. But for human beings, it's not just about staying alive, like it is for a wolf cub or something. There's a, right. a lot of other things that go, in, go into it, about happiness, etc. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying the things I smashed or yelled at text that we're getting. <laughs> I wish I could remember all of them. I had a friend. All the golf clubs I've chucked would be a long tail. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. In fact, my one of my best friends, the day we met, he went to help help me retrieve a golf. Well, it, well, it doesn't matter. Um, he helped. Me retrieve, uh, I think it was my three iron from a tree on the second hole of a golf course. And if you are hurling clubs on the second right. hole, uh, y- you have issues. <laughs> and I did at the time. Uh, I smashed my own front locked door by kicking it open to avoid spending any more time with an annoying person I was with. When I realized I'd left my key elsewhere. Wow, he kicked in the door to seek refuge in his home. Or Actually her. ripped out the door jam and broke the lock. A few hundred dollars to fix. Um, oh, that somebody said me. if you're going to punch walls, you got to punch them not where the stud is. If you punch the wall where the stud is, you will be wearing a cast. <laughs> yeah, but by the time I go to my tool kit and get out my stud finder, I won't be angry anymore. <laughs> so what the f*** it up behind I've never pun- I don't think I've ever punched anything. Yeah, I don't think I have a wall oh, or have. a floor. Or I definitely have. I had a friend who, a lot, but... who got so frustrated with a video game, he tied the cord to the controller to his bumper and drove around the block until there was no more <laughs> controller left. Yeah, somebody just said I've been through 10 to 5 Xbox controllers smashing them. Yeah, that sounds about right. Huh. What makes you so mad? Just doing poorly in the game? Or it's does... not doing what I'm telling you. To the game's <laughs> cheating me. <laughs> smash, smash, smash. Awesome. Boy, it's funny. It's it's yeah. mostly unrelated, but that reminds me of the day that w- we took all our uh, aluminum recycling, all the empty cans, uh, when my kids were little, and I uh, and I piled them up in back of my F-150 and crushed them. Went back and forth, <laughs> crushed them. Boy, they loved that. <laughs> Has I... anybody ever driven over anything in anger? And please, if it was a cat, don't tell us about I'm it. In anger? Well, right. Wow. My brother picked up his lawnmower and threw it on the ground three times, then went in the house and got a gun and shot it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Human frustration is so entertaining to me. Do animals get frustrated? They get angry, obviously. Well, I mean, a, a dog can... But it forgets about it five seconds later. I don't think they get later. exasperated. Right. So my, so my youngest, who, as I've talked about on the air, he's got a number of, of issues where we're trying to work through. Luckily, Stanford's going to take a look at it soon. But anyway, he'll, when he gets mad at something, he's more like me, and they just, oh, that's it, we're done with this. I mean, just, <laughs> and so he'll take it to the trash can. That's great. He put, he's playing with something. All right, I'm done with this. And he'll walk into the trash can, step on the thing, doors open, he throws it in the trash, and walks off. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> All the, time. Uh, all the time I go to throw away something and there's some toy in the trash that he got mad at. Wow. That's that. Or a pair of socks he couldn't get on. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so coming up, we got a report. It's live from Italy. Do I understand it correctly? A report live from Indio, Italy. Uh, Port- Pope Francis, if I get through any of these words, it'll be helpful. 
Pope Francis is, uh, it would seem, taking this whole sexual abuse thing more seriously than he was before or realizes the... I, I hope is it's, it seriously enough? I hope it's, uh, you know, more I understand how bad it is and as a human being want to do something about it and not just the political pressure has reached a point where... Exactly. We will hold hearings. Yeah. That's hard to say at this point. Uh, so that to come. And uh, also, you know, it's a little darkish, but the story of the off-duty cop who went into the wrong apartment and shot the occupant dead. I don't really know this story. I've been yeah. seeing the headlines. Yeah. What's the nut graph on this? Well, that's what happened. And the poor man is dead. And his family is not satisfied at all with the explanations of what happened or the actions of the uh, Dallas PD. Off duty. Correct. Going home. She claims she got off on the wrong floor of the parking garage and went to her apartment, but on a different floor, if you know what I mean. Okay, so, okay, the hallway looked the same. Yeah. But, well, kind of. The guy had a, a rug in front of his door that she doesn't have. And uh, she said uh, she put her stuff down to open the door. And then later she said the door was ajar, but she thought somebody was in her apartment and shot him dead. And she wasn't arrested for three days. Well, what would happen if I did that? You'd be arrested immediately. Immediately. Well, I got the wrong apartment. I thought it was my appointment. Well, that's fine, but... Yeah, yeah, you just shot somebody. Yeah, we're going to arrest you, and we'll look into this. Tell us more. But they didn't arrest her, huh? Nope. I want to hear more on that. Report live from Italy coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.